0: Well, hey, everyone, and welcome to episode number 75 of The Other Six Podcast. My name is Chad Boken and I am your host. Joining me once again in the studio, my co-host, our worship pastor, the man who was let go from the orange juice factory. He was canned because he couldn't concentrate. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Matt Collins. Matt, how are you today, sir? Oh, it's good. It's <laughs> good. Also joining us in the studio, our lead pastor, Adam Bishop. Adam, how are you, sir? I'm a big fan of that one. That was oh, you fantastic. like that one? Yeah. Okay.
1: Do they still do that? What's like that? I mean, because when I was growing up, that we we did that more than once. You like got the, the old oh, concentrate yeah. frozen. Yes, frozen yeah, throw yeah. A yeah. pitcher yeah. and then fill it up with water in the
0: yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm gonna go check the aisles at I Walmart think they when we're I done. Think they do. like, yeah. Why would the they the not do that anymore? Thing, like what would have what it, technology would have replaced that? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. So uh yeah, that's a really that's a really good, really good punt, as we say. Oh, I'm Good I'm glad job. you did. Well, yeah. gentlemen, how how was your weekend? It was uh, a little bit of a chilly weekend, but still pretty nice outside. What'd you guys get up to this weekend, Adam? We'll we'll start. Are you with you. me, yeah. Oh my goodness, <laughs> it was like
1: the whirlwind weekend, man. Yeah. So uh, we were back and forth to Auburn all weekend, starting Thursday night, Friday, Saturday. So we had the robotics tournament on Thursday, okay. and then all district band on Friday. Um, and then my parents were in town, and so my dad and I managed to get a big project done on yeah. the property, and and in between driving back and forth to Auburn, really. And then we had okay. a basketball game with Henry. You're, you're so way too it productive yeah, up <laughs> here. It, it was
0: a fun weekend and a lot of um, really fun things going on. Yeah. So yeah,
1: it was awesome. I, Loved it.
0: I actually called your dad before the service, and we were talking. He was telling me about all the all the awesome <laughs> projects. He's like, you know what, Chad, we're making some headway. Yeah, so there's, yeah. There's still a lot to be done, but he's like, we've gotten a lot further than I thought. So, <laughs> so he was very proud
1: of you. Yeah. I mean, I'm the Manual labor clearly <laughs> and my dad's the, the brains behind the operation he's the clipboard yeah. so he's like do you that know, the way he plans this out i'm like man it's awesome and then we go to home depot and we buy all the wood and then yeah. we come back and it like all works and everything there and you go and um, it's really funny though because again it's 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 an older house it's older property everything's old yeah and so precision is just not in our vocabulary <laughs> like I told him we follow the good enough principle that's and right I'm like, now. dad it's good enough because like nothing's straight and it's not you know and I'm like but it's better than it was and right. so you know when you're yeah. kind of trying it to update worked. stuff <laughs>
0: yeah, I, it's not rotting anymore. I
1: couldn't use it before because there was a <laughs> there was literally the, the the floor had rotted out yeah. In the storage
0: shed. Now there's a floor.
1: <laughs> so that's called progress. Yeah. So we had a great time working together. It was no, fun.
0: I, it's the same way. So growing up, I was the flashlight holder for my dad. You know, Ooh. Hand me the screwdriver. Hold the flashlight. <laughs> look here. And then we bought an older house uh, here in Montgomery. And so I've kind of had to learn. And uh, you know, my brother-in-law, Bill, he's like all things handyman. So We ran into Bill at Home Depot. you d- I got the Bill to my house. I'm fantastic. not convinced he doesn't does. live there. You know? but, <laughs> but uh, So my, my options are either I go to YouTube or Bill yeah. to know how to fix things. I have and, texted he Bill. The, the more
2: flashlight than hole. More. one yeah. time. Yeah. About Shout out to things. Bill. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Bill. Yeah. Thanks Keep for what you do. We
1: had a great week.
0: Yeah. Matt, how about you,
1: buddy? What'd I you was get up
2: not to? as productive <laughs> as he was. I D and I watched a lot of Marvel movies. So we okay. started with Iron Man. And then we did uh, The Avengers. Just so. a, a
0: watch all the way through? or No, no, no. Okay, just those two. Just those. Right? We, we picked okay. a couple of them, but okay. yeah. I've actually two. seen those two. You okay. have there we go. Yeah, I feel like Iron
2: I, Man is like my favorite. I feel but. like I could
0: participate in the Marvel conversation. Yeah. Usually I can't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I've seen those. those are I good liked ones. them too.
1: They were fun. Oh, good. good
0: one, yeah, yeah, no, we, we had a pretty low, laid back week as well. Laid back weekend. It was uh, really nice outside. Got to hang out with the girls a little bit. Got to do some side projects. So, you know, just kind of. Kind of taking it easy, which is which is Don't really nice. Me feel really bad I,
2: <laughs> watching movies. Y'all over here fixing stuff.
0: Yeah, I, I did get. You're know, speaking of Marvel. I did get to watch uh, Wakanda Forever on uh, Disney yeah? Plus. It was pretty good. Yeah. It was pretty good. So if you have Disney Plus, worth a watch. So I enjoyed that one.
2: Yeah,
1: but we anyway. got to get through basketball season. Oh yeah, yeah. Springs our off season. <laughs> okay, so no soccer, no baseball, and okay. the answer no, even if they ask. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we're gonna take a break because no. yeah. football no. and basketball no. season. You know it. In robotic season and band season. Every, all the Robotic season is robotic. not... That's that's
0: not a phrase I've ever heard before, I but know, I love but that. I
1: but it's... I mean, the amount of time these kids put into it... But they it, did great, didn't they, they at the did. tournament? They did yeah. really well. I was proud of them. They yeah. competed. It was awesome. And, yeah, it's just fantastic. I mean... You know, I, I tell my kids all the time, like it doesn't matter to me what you do. Like, I, I don't have any expectations yeah. that they do this or do that sure. or don't do this. Or <laughs> I just like to help them find things they enjoy. Right. And when they can do it with their peers, yeah. you know, and you get to see them enjoy that, that's great. You know, yeah. but there's a little bit of trial and error, a little bit of try something didn't right. like yeah. it, try the, you know. Yeah. So when they find something they like, it's enjoyable. Yeah. But my goodness, it takes up your time.
0: <laughs> so uh, they tell me I'll
1: miss this one day, but uh, right now it's taking up a lot of our time.
0: What is it? The uh, the days are long, but the years are short. Yeah. yeah I think that's yeah. that's what I've heard. It yeah. Seems to be true. Well, this past Sunday was a great one here at Vaughn Forest Church. We continued our message series, weathering life storms, and uh, we talked about weathering life storms with our thought life, yeah. which I thought was a really interesting topic. Did uh, you I think that? You yeah, thought yeah, yeah. It. Oh, nice. I thought <laughs> that our thought life was interesting. So I really, I really, <laughs> really like this topic. Huh. And you know, to kind of kick off our conversation today, I want to, I want to ask you this: like, do you think? that people have encountered more storms in their thought life over the last few years than in the previous years and decades before that? Or do you think it's been about the same?
1: No, no way it's been the same. Okay. Absolutely not. So, I mean, look, anybody listening right now, you could take me back five years, seven years, ten years, and tell me something specifically you went through. Sure. Mm -hmm. So I get that. But we said this early on in, in the pandemic, that it was the first time that all of us were facing something this disruptive at the same time.
0: Oh, okay. So, That's you
1: cool. know, when you've got a societal excuse me, global yeah. right? you know, okay, so yeah. everybody was used to walking through storms in different areas of their life. But we had never gone through something on a global scale that that affected our lives so much. Mm-hmm. And so um, we're still in the we're still in that.
2: Yeah. You
1: make no mistake it's about it. It's not over? No. Okay. Absolutely not. Because Chad. Now you ask questions just oh, to push no. my button. No, I know no. what you're doing here and I'm not going to take the bait. So regardless of who has declared that the pandemic is over, I mean, we all lost people that we knew during the pandemic. Mm-hmm, so we're never going right. to speak light of that. right? It was a pandemic and a lot of people lost their lives. But to somehow declare that the effects of the pandemic are over, it's going to be minimum a decade. Mm. I mean, we're, we're seeing just now, the kids and the teenagers and the emotional consequences, and with marriages. I mean, talk to some people who are in particular fields and in particular industries that are on the front lines of talking with people and helping people and guiding people Mm -hmm. talk to some administrators, talk Mm. to some teachers. So, so, um, talk to some married couples. So yeah, there's no way the effects of this are over. You know, people are still trying to process the last three years. And so absolutely. The last three years have been unlike any other three year period that anybody had gone through. Mm. And, um, a lot of us are still trying to figure out why is it that I feel this way? Why is it that I think this way? What, what? And a lot of times, in conversations I have with other pastors, it really is getting back to that. Right. That you're still dealing with some of the after effects of that. Yeah. Not to mention... There were a lot of new habit patterns that got formed during that that stuck, a lot of which are unhealthy. And so now that's led people to a place where they weren't before. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, yeah, yeah. the the uniqueness of the last three years is still a very real thing. And that in no way played into – Doing this teaching series. Right. But you asked the question, but I'm just uh yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, It's unlike anything else. Yeah. Yeah. So that's still affecting people in many ways. And
0: and I think it's interesting because you know, you talk about how it's still affecting folks. I think, you know, we hear the message, oh, this is over, this is done with, but yet those effects linger on. I think that's so important for people to give themselves permission to feel that, you know, because Mm -hmm. I think lots of times we think, oh, I gotta be strong, and we'll talk more about that in a little bit, but I think that's a that's an excellent
2: point. Yeah. So um, what is our thought life like? Let's define that. Um, what would, how would you define that?
1: How would I define our, our thought, thought life? life. Yeah, <laughs> the things you think about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, hey, but um, I would, need you to. Th- it I need would you to be tell me, man. <laughs> The last thing that happens before the words come out of your mouth. Okay, you know, that's a good definition. I, 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 the last thing that happens before you do something. I, I tell Morgan all the time. I should get credit for the things I don't say. Right. Thank you. I mean, <laughs> Thank I, you. I, I, if there was only a billboard on the on my forehead There's that, that demonstrated there. what I could have said. Right. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I've I literally I'd, said that to Christine I think i get some credit, <laughs> and yet we don't get credit for the things that's we right. don't say. <laughs> right. But a lot of us get in <laughs> trouble yeah, for the am. things we do say. Right. So yeah, I mean, your, your thoughts and I mean, you really want to. I'm, I'm not a professional, you know, I, I'm, I'm a pastor, but there are lots of really good books out there about mm. our brain and how our brains function and how our thoughts function, how sleep affects that, how the things we eat, mm. don't even get yeah. started on that. Yeah. I've really tried to learn a lot over the last few years, the things that you eat affect your thoughts. Mm. Um, really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Big time. Big time. Okay. Lots of studies on that. And as somebody who has a weird diet anyway, every now and then if I eat something that I don't think... Uh, that I usually don't eat. Like I can tell, yeah. really? like I can tell, with my, I can tell with my mood. Huh. <laughs> so, uh, there's all kinds of things that, so if you're asking like, what are your thoughts? I mean, it's kind of a little bit of everything. Yeah. And then we, and then we have the conscious thoughts that we're super aware of that we're considering. Mm-hmm. We know like when I'm reading something, but then we have the thoughts that just pop in our head and then we have our emotions and how is that yeah. tied into our thoughts. And so it's really exhausting, yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of the point. Okay. That a lot of folks are just exhausted from yeah. what's going on in their own mind. And they don't have a lot left in the tank when it comes to the relationships in their life. Yeah. yeah. And there's been one, more than one marriage, more than one parent-child relationship that has gotten out of whack, so to speak, because somebody in that relationship was just literally exhausted from what was happening in their own mind. hmm and they didn't have anything left for the people in their lives. It's mm. a very real thing. Yeah. And if that's a place where people are at, they don't they don't often know what to do about that. Mm. And I, I'm saying this to try to free people up. There's still this, you know, stigma out there, like, I don't want anybody to think I'm crazy. And like we'll we'll use that term loosely, like he's just being crazy. We probably need to remove that word from our vocabulary because I think that it gives off that impression still that People think, well, if I speak up about this, I'm going to get labeled that. Certainly right. not to my right. face, right. but when yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. around. Yeah, yeah. And um, everybody at some point and in some particular area is really wrestling with that, and we kind of need to talk about it instead yeah. of letting it stay in our thoughts.
0: Yeah, I think that's really good. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this thing because you kind of touched on this, and I want to I want to unpack this a little bit further. Is our thought life the same as like our emotional health, our emotional life? Like, and how does that relate? and connect to our spiritual health.
1: Again, I'm not a counselor. I'm not okay, a psychologist. Sure. I'm not a psychiatrist. And so that would be a really good question to ask a psychologist, a psychiatrist. Maybe we need to do that. Like yeah, get, yeah. get a good Christian psychologist or psychiatrist on the podcast at some point to get some professional opinions. Because sure. again, if you're new to our podcast, we're three pastors. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's six. We're trying to give you resources to help you in your discipleship the other six days of the week. Sure. But don't take what we say and run with it, right. but we'll share our opinions. And we try to always say, look, we, we're not the experts on this, but right. here's what we think. So I think that we don't necessarily choose our emotions. I think they choose us. And I think that's what makes it so difficult. Hmm. Like, I don't just sit around and go, anger, <laughs> <laughs> joy, you know, peace. Emotions come from somewhere. Right, They're welling up from within, okay? Okay. So, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. I would make the contention that those emotions are coming from somewhere even if I'm not consciously choosing them. Hmm. So how does that have, how does that relate to our thought life? I feel like our thought life is my first line of defense when it comes to managing my emotions. So if there's an emotion that wells up from within, am I able to recognize what's the source of that? Hmm. Or why did that just why did I just go to despondency? Like, why did you just go from zero to ten with anger? Like, we, we've got to get better at evaluating our emotions, evaluating our thoughts, hmm. than just running with them. And, you know, th- there's been More than one time where all of us like you, 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 an emotion gets the best of you, and you say something you shouldn't have, you, and you have to apologize. Hey, you know, I kind of lost it there, but, but I would say they're all coming from the same source in our mind. But learning how to leverage our thoughts to help us with our emotions, and learning how to be mindful of our emotions to help us with our thoughts, like that is part of spiritual growth. And I right. think that's part of what I'm trying to go for here is that our spiritual growth is all-encompassing. <laughs> so an emotionally healthy believer is an emotionally healthy believer who's also growing in discipleship. And if you're not emotionally healthy, it's going to be difficult to grow in your faith. Right. If you're struggling with your thought life, it's going to be difficult to grow in your faith. Right. And in church, we're really quick to just give somebody something to do. <laughs> so if you'll just do this you'll grow in your faith mm. and for a right. lot of folks it's just like piling more bricks on their back when they're already weighed down yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and so what we're trying to do is go look there might be something going on beneath the surface that requires a little bit of work and I think the word that we use in, spirit, in the spiritual sense to really kind of combine all of that together is soul mm-hmm. so we speak okay. of our soul in some ways it isn't our mind and our emotions and they are still separate, but we kind of have this word that we recognize that's kind of a little bit of both when it comes to these things. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I do think that our thoughts and learning how to allow our thoughts to be guided by the Holy spirit, the benefit is going to be in both our thought life and our emotional health. (laughs) I do believe that.
0: That's
2: really good. Yeah. Well, when you were talking about what we believe, uh, you said that we always believe what we tell ourselves. So is that dangerous? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> why? <That's> the, <laughs> tell us
1: why. Yeah. I mean, because those—and and <clears throat> part of me is trying to, like, break everybody from that habit. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, don't believe everything that you think. Yeah. Ever.
2: Because— <laughs> I love that.
1: Um, you're not the source of a lot of your thoughts. Mm. The enemy is. So um, let's have a spiritual warfare discussion. Yeah, I'd like to. you know, Jesus and the four gospels casting out demons and the disciples are casting out demons and everybody's casting out demons. And um, I've talked to some folks that have been in different countries in the world and have said they've seen that kind of stuff happen. And, I I mean, who am I to go, well, I don't believe you. I mean, so I I think that there's still that kind of thing that happens in different places in the world. It's never been – it's not part of my experience, but that doesn't mean that it's not – you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so – I do, think it's worth, I do think it's worth noting, however, that after Acts chapter 2, certainly when we get into Paul's letters, so let's just kind of, you know, because in Acts, in the book of Acts, you still got Peter doing some things, and yeah. his shadow's hitting a guy, and he's getting up and walking, right. so it's yeah, like, yeah. that's a lot of cool stuff. <laughs> All right, so there's nowhere in Paul's letters where he talks about casting out demons. Uh, we don't have any record that that was part of Paul's ministry. I'm not saying it didn't happen. But when Paul addressed spiritual warfare, not every time, but a good portion of his writings geared towards spiritual warfare is is towards our thoughts. (laughs) That Paul seems to indicate by walking in the spirit as opposed to walking in the flesh and the spiritual warfare that then ensues, the battleground is actually our mind. (laughs) And so what is the practical implication of that? Here's the the imagery I paint for my boys. I said, I need you to understand that you're sitting there at school or you're sitting there at home or you're sitting at church. And all of a sudden this thought pops in your head and It's not good. Yeah. Like, you know, like, Ooh, that's inappropriate. Right. Or yeah. I'm not supposed to think about that. Right. Or that's yeah, yeah. sinful. Or, um, um, that's a temptation or right. what am I yeah. supposed to do? I said, so here's step one. You don't need to beat yourself up or experience shame which is what most kids, teenagers, and adults do. I can't believe I'm thinking about that. Mm-hmm. The moment you let shame enter into the equation, you're not going to tell anybody, okay? So what I try to help them understand is, here's what Satan does. He sits there and he just throws darts. And we have this little dart board that we throw darts at sometimes. None of us are any good, but it's just kind of fun as long as everybody's out of the way. That's <laughs> right. rule number one, okay? <laughs> Th- number that one. Satan sits there and he just throws darts all day long at your mind. And he's just trying to get a couple of them to stick. Yeah. And if he can get them to stick... Now that thought, belief, emotion, attitude, action thing starts. Yeah. So what I try to help them understand is when you sense that, recognize it for what it is. That's not my thought. Hmm. That's not. That came from another source. Right. Somebody threw yeah. that into my mind. And here's what I'm trying to help them say. That is spiritual warfare. Hmm. Yeah. That is spiritual. Okay. So re- take that thought captive. Hmm. Remove it. Nope. I'm not going to dwell on that temptation. <clears throat> yeah. I'm not going to dwell on the inappropriate thought. I'm not going to dwell on that. I'm going to remove that. I'm going to pray and ask God to help me, and I'm going to get my mind back right again, as right. opposed to just there's like no fence, there's no guard, there's no <laughs> <Right>. awareness, <laughs> right. and whatever flies into your mind just stays into your mind. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, if, if you don't recognize that, and all these, again, to go back to the illustration, the darts are just mm. sticking into your mind, then eventually— you're gonna be believing things that are absolutely not true at all. Right. And so I would encourage you if you have kids to have this kind of conversation with them. And, and you're like, you know, our pastor's such a great parent. No, somebody's <laughs> taught me this, okay? This somebody taught yeah. me this. So what I'm trying to help my boys understand is no shame.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Hey dad, listen, I was sitting there today and like here's what I started thinking about. And um, I don't really know what to do with that. Like I want them to tell me that. Right. Yeah. Even if it's like, oh, man, like, I can't believe my kid's telling me this right now. If that's what I'm thinking on the inside, I'm also thinking, thank the Lord they're telling me and not going online and telling somebody or or some other kid or whatever. So, yeah, you have to help people remove shame from that. That's coming from another source. Now, let's start developing the skills— to do something about that so yeah. that doesn't guide our lives. Yeah. Does that make
2: sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely does. There's a great little book about that, uh, Louis Giglio, Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table. Hmm. And it oh, talks yeah. about that and uses the darts and stuff like well, that. Well, Louie got it from me. So uh, yeah, <laughs> I gave him of permission. Course. So, yeah, Louis, I course. think it's a really good. You know yeah. what's so funny
1: about that? There was probably a time when I was 12 or 13 and I heard Louis do right. that. Because <laughs> I, I used to listen to Louis preach yeah. at camps. I, I bet that's where it came from.
2: I've heard a lot of the things he that so
0: put in the book. So, uh, before, uh, yeah, any
1: good idea you hear from me, I totally got it. From somebody else,
0: that's great.
1: <laughs> so I, I want to continue. But this. what's the book? Oh no, I, I made don't a joke about the, it, and you're giving give, a good help.
2: I, yeah, don't give the enemy a seat at your table. Good resource. Yeah, yeah we might good. need a link to that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah got, they got like a study book and all that kind of stuff. So it's really good. Okay, that's good. Yeah, cool. Fantastic. I, like I, I want to continue this conversation about
0: about spotting these lies, you know, that we tell ourselves because. You know, what you said, there's really good how to kind of identify when that spiritual warfare is happening. But, you know, what if you can't really tell the difference? What are some practical things you can do? Is it going to God's people? Reading it like what, what, what is it that you can do to kind of help spot those lies better in our lives?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's, it's never a bad idea to, you know, if you're a lady, you go grab coffee or lunch with an, another woman who's walking with the Lord and go, hey, help me process this. You, sure. know, let me, um, you know, men aren't always as good at that, but I do think it's a helpful thing to do. Like, um, but I can tell you a really good place to start. I would start in the book of Proverbs. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I started with Proverbs 23, seven. So Proverbs is laying a foundation for just wisdom. Yeah. You know, you want your thinking to be driven by wisdom and there's some really good imagery of, uh, of wisdom in the book of Proverbs, mm. that if you can lock that into your mind early on, it really helps. Yeah. You know, there's a verse in Proverbs where it talks about like, there's this guy. I'm totally paraphrasing here. And he's going to go into that married uh-huh. lady's house to have sex with her. Yep. And let me tell you what that's like. That's like a sheep being led to slaughter. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good thought to let take root in your mind. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you you see, like, okay, the ways of the world are nobody will notice, nobody will care. It's my life. It's not a big, you know, I, I know, um, have fun today, and worry about the consequences. No, here's what Proverbs says: it's like a sheep going to slaughter. Yeah. So, so Proverbs gives a really good foundation for just wisdom. And there's been plenty of Christians over the years that read a, you know one chapter of Proverbs every day because there's 31 chapters, and mm-hmm. you know. So, I would say that. Um, so, yes, talk to talk to a trusted believer, but nothing is going to replace getting in God's Word. Hmm. Um, I I taught a lot from Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians. Is probably my favorite book in the New Testament. Okay. Um, and the reason why is because when I was in college, I realized so many passages that I had been taught as a middle school and high school student, they all came from 2 Corinthians. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I need to sit down and read this whole book. And yeah. so over the years, that's when I go back to over and over and over because— it has a lot of really good guidance for that. And so, yeah, if that's not something you're good at, that's okay, you can get better, but I, I do think you need to let God's Word mm-hmm. guide you. And then like Matt, Matt said, there are some really good Christian authors mm-hmm. who have some books geared specifically towards that, yeah. Yeah. and those are helpful as well. That's one of the way God uses his people, is mm-hmm. through fellow brothers and sisters in Christ who can give really good Holy Spirit insight, but nothing replaces reading God's Word.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Well, you, you said that we need to learn to discern our thoughts and you brought up second corinthians and you said that uh where it's talking about we need to ca- uh captive um our thoughts and make them obedient to to christ my question is okay how do we how do we do that how do you capture every thought and make it obedient to christ because like that seems that seems pretty pretty hard <laughs> yeah yeah
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's so complex. So let's just kind of try to just try to right size it. Okay. Okay. So your mind is on autopilot. Yeah. And then you have thoughts you're aware of. Okay. Okay. So let's set aside the autopilot for a second. Okay. 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 Autopilot. Thoughts you're aware of. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. It pops in your mind. What is it? Is it God honoring or not? Mm -hmm. Is it uplifting or not? Is it encouraging or not? Is it helpful or not? Is yeah. it true or a lie? Is it, yeah. I'm saying that's what you have to do. Yeah, um, That's a skill you can learn. Now, at first, it takes a lot of effort. Just like if you haven't exercised in years and you're going to go exercise. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard. You're going to want to quit five minutes in. Okay? <laughs> so you, you got to, it takes 90 days for any type of new yeah. discipline to, to happen. But that's, that's what I'm suggesting. Mm-hmm. The thoughts that you are aware of. Now, here's why that matters so much. What I just said is what creates the autopilot in your life. Mm. So if you haven't been doing that, you can't trust your autopilot. Yeah, Like your default way of thinking, where you're not even conscious of what's going on, Mm -hmm. is way off. (laughs) Way off. And you don't even know it. So that's the danger of not... Doing what we're talking about here. Because if you will take captive every thought and and you'll wrestle with it and wrestle with God's word and decide what are the thoughts I need to dwell on about my own life, about my friends, about my kids, about Mm -hmm. my future, about my spouse, and you take that before like day day by day, this is a day over time that is going to build an autopilot that for the most part is going to keep your thought life moving in the right right direction. And we all know Christians like that. It doesn't matter what you (laughs) throw their way, they're like, We'll be fine And that's It's not fake
2: Yeah
1: Like it really is How they feel about things right. Their emotions Their thoughts Well I would suggest That they've been doing That practice And that they've developed That yeah. habit in their year In their life for years yeah. And so um, Don't be surprised If you start doing that If it starts bumping up Against your autopilot <laughs> And starts messing With some things That you had accepted As just the way You feel about things The way you think about right. things Here we go Fact And it's not fact, okay? (laughs) So then what are you going to do about it? That's where a really good counselor, Christian counselor, can help you work through that. Like, hey, this is kind of bumping up against some things, and I I don't know what to do with that. Mm -hmm. Well, they can help you take some new steps. But... Uh, yes is I I'm not trying to suggest that it's anything other than that yeah. that you're taking those thoughts captive yeah
0: so I want to shift gears a little bit your your second point uh I really liked it was about how allowing God's word to renew our minds and restore our hearts and uh, and we've been kind of talking about this kind of daily time with the Lord uh oftentimes referred to as like a daily quiet time mm-hmm. so can we can we Talk for a moment about like why is that so important, but then also, there may be some folks out here who go, quiet time, what are you talking about? I've never heard that phrase. Can we unpack what that means and what you do during a quiet time, what that looks like?
1: Did you guys ever heard of the Pareto principle? So uh, this Pareto? guy, yeah, I think he was an economist, so the Pareto principle, and basically, the shorthand of it is the 80-20 principle. Okay. That, oh, yeah. and, I know the 80-20 principle. Yeah, 90/20. so Pareto is the guy who came up with it. So... In any industry, in any area, like 20% of your effort is producing 80% 80, of yeah. your results. Right, yeah. And so it's a really interesting way to think about life. Yeah. <laughs> so if, if you spend 20% of your time doing the right things, you're going to get a better return, right, yeah. you know, the, the, the 80-20. And so um, on most teams, 20% of the people are providing 80% right. of the results. <laughs> right. yeah. I, it's just, again, it's an economist. Yeah. It's, so um, that's an interesting principle that an economist reached that we've been talking about for years with the power of a quiet time. Mm-hmm. You don't have to read your Bible all day, but like the eighty twenty principle, like a little bit of time goes a long way. Right. Right. Yeah. So if you take 15, 20, 30 minutes a day at the start of your day and you read God's word and you spend time in prayer and you ask him to help you apply that throughout the day, the power of the Holy Spirit, the rest of your day is going to go better. Hmm. 80-20. You don't have to spend all of your day in your quiet time. Just 20%, 10%. Right. Yeah. better. Be, if you're not doing anything, do something. That's better than nothing, right? If you've missed a week, don't make it eight days. You know, so like right. you just jump back in. So you, you get into God's Word, and a lot of times that's what we tell people. It's like handing somebody an encyclopedia and saying, good luck. You know, so <laughs> and for those of you who are under the age of 30, an encyclopedia is this big book. It was had, Google. It was Wikipedia Google. before. Yeah. Uh, it in, in, in paper form. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So the Bible, 66 books yeah. written over thousands of years. Yeah. It's a little challenging. So that's why I was suggesting a Bible reading plan. Sure. Like, let us help you. And if you didn't hear the message. You know, let us know. We're, we'll send you an email with a couple of suggested Bible reading plans, maybe a few apps that you want to download that'll help guide you one day mm-hmm. at a time. You yeah. know, through God's Word, um, but it is a process. That's the thing I keep coming back to. Um, I mess up a lot, a whole lot. I'm not perfect, Mm-mm. and I need to grow in sanctification just like everybody else. So I'm going to make sure everybody hears what I just said. Okay but I started doing this when I was 12 years old. I started having a quiet time when I was 12 years old. Okay. I'll be 44 next month. That's a long time. Yeah. So over the course of that many years, the Lord has been good to help me cultivate some healthy habits when it comes to my thought life and other areas. And then the Lord continues to show me some areas that those habits aren't so healthy, and we need yeah. to do some soul work there. We need; it's a lifelong process. Mm-hmm. The, the problem is most of us try a quiet time for a week or a month, and we didn't get anything out of it, so we don't yeah. we don't stick with it. Right. right. And um, you know, it's like <clears throat> anything. You're like if somebody says, "I want to get healthy," if they're going to do it the right way, it's probably going to be a year from now before you right. really start to see the results you want. Do you want a lifestyle change, or do you want a quick fix? Right. Right. Like if you want a quick fix that's not what we're talking about here. If you want over time to change the direction of your thought life, a daily quiet time Mm. is going to help provide that for you. But nobody can make you do that. The discipline comes in where you have to set the alarm. You have to get the Bible reading plan. You have to spend time in God's word. And yeah, over time, he will renew your mind and restore your heart. And I mean, I'm, I'm a walking example of that. Like again, Flawed as I am like I'm grateful that at 12 years old somebody taught me how to do that sure. yeah. and it has it has helped and continues to help in in all these different areas of my life and anytime there's been an area of my life that's been pointed out that there is room for growth okay it's not like I, I had to try something new. Right. It was like, okay, well, now I know the area of focus that I need to really look into God's word. When it, Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. So yeah. once you get that habit down in your life, it's going to serve you well for a long time, but it's going to take some time to get the habit down.
0: Right. So let me ask you this, because some folks listening in may go, okay, like, is there one right way to have a quiet time? Or like, what, you know, give me an example. Is it reading? Is it listening to worship? Like, what, what, what happens in a quiet time?
1: Um, man, that's a good question because I do think there needs to be a little bit of trial and error I think if you try something and it's not working for you try some different things Um, for example, I do a lot better when i'm outside Okay, um for some reason when i'm inside I just get super distracted So my quiet times have always worked better when i'm outside interesting Um a lot of times I work better when i'm moving While i'm outside so you know, I have a hard time sitting still so that you know A lot of times I work better when i'm driving so, there might be a season mm-hmm. where I'm listening to the Bible, and you can find the Bible, you know, yeah. on anything, yeah. listen Get the Bible to app. it. Yeah. So, if whatever you're trying if you find your mind wandering you know years ago somebody told me well the way to keep your mind from wandering is just journal the whole time well i started drawing so like <laughs> i realized like that's probably not the best thing for me sure, but i sure. at least gave it a shot sure. so that's not, yeah i mean there are multiple different ways sure. that that you can go about doing this different times of the day different so but give yourself permission to try Try some things. Right. Don't just say, if it doesn't work this way, then it doesn't work for me. Okay. Look, try some different yeah, like ways. Yeah.
2: That's good. Well, in your third point, you talked about changing our diet – uh, that we feed our mind yeah. things we feed our mind um, I want to kind of unpack that a little bit um, so do you mean like we can't watch like rated R movies or like we always have to read the Bible and or, or like listen to Christian music is that what you're talking about? yeah or? absolutely I mean uh, we're going to have a covenant we pass out next <laughs> right. week and uh, you're a member of Vaughn Forest. Yeah. here you go uh, hope you gonna enjoyed gonna those uh, Marvel
0: sc- movies bring me check in uh, yeah, um, your Netflix subscriptions the and, you know, previously viewed is that what it is yeah. that you can kind of yeah. see yeah,
1: yeah right. that'd be fun I guess yeah. stop over Show up um, at your house. Yeah, so, um <laughs> all right, so let's unpack that. Yeah. Goodness gracious, Matthew, you're going to get me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. So and Marvel movies are PG-13. I am of the opinion. It is my opinion. It doesn't mean it has to be your opinion, uh-huh. okay? So I realize as your pastor, my opinion does carry a little bit of weight, so I'm going to try to be sensitive in how I communicate this, because I do think this is one of those things that... Brothers and sisters in Christ could probably reach some different conclusions on it. We did a sermon on that in our Colossians series. We did. We We talked about the difference between convictions and uh, preferences and all this kind of stuff. All right. I am of the opinion that we have a much greater standard than a worldly rating system. So there's some PG movies I've turned off before. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So, I mean, our standard is a lot more than just what did the world tell us right. based on their ratings. Mm-hmm. There are some rated R movies that match Philippians 4, eight. <laughs> I mean, The uh, Passion of the Christ, I think I could start there.
2: Yeah, sure. It's yeah. rated R. Yeah, <laughs> right. So, okay. So
1: I'm just saying that you got to have a little more discernment than what the world tells you is okay to watch and what right. the world tells you is not okay to watch. Right. Um. Nine times out of 10, the rankings, PG, PG-13, R, are, are going to probably give you some good insight. Yeah. But if there's a rated R movie that's an accurate historical account about something that was terrible in our history, and they're telling the story the way it happened, and because of the gravity of the story and maybe the violence, mm-hmm. they have to give it a rated R movie. Yeah. But this is true. This is right. real. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So do your research, mm-hmm. I, I I don't like to just go into things blind. Sure. Like I don't yeah. watch I don't start a series or watch a movie. If I haven't read a little bit about it first or yeah. asked another brother in Christ, hey, have you checked this out? Because um I don't want to just waste my time on something yeah. that doesn't match Philippians four eight. Yeah. <laughs> so if you can find Philippians four eight in it, I'm of the opinion. That is probably doing some good things for your soul, yeah. and you can find that in a number of places. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find that in places that people who weren't even Christ followers have written things and mm-hmm. they've produced things, they've right. made things, they wrote this song or they produced this movie or they made this show, and their goal wasn't to edify your walk with the Lord, but there was something beautiful about it. Right. There was something that matched Philippians four eight, and it did that in your heart. So I would say that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. And then there might be something else that maybe that was the intent and you just kind of tuned it out because it wasn't for you. You've also got to be open enough to know, like, what are some things that can lead you down the wrong path? I think I've told this story before, but, you know, years ago I was hanging out with somebody and he was riding with me in the car and, and he just said, you don't listen to country music, do you? And I was like, no. Mainly because it's terrible, but like, uh, (laughs) like, no, I'm kidding. All you country music fans out there, there's some good country music. I'm just having fun. And I said, no. And he goes, yeah, I just can't listen to country music. And I said, why? He goes, because it just makes me want to smoke weed. And I was like, well, that's an interesting answer. So he was just talking about how in his past (laughs) life, like he loved, before he met Christ, he loved to listen to country music and smoke weed. And so every time he hears country music, Uh, like that's what his association is with. So um, some people wouldn't think, you know, country music could lead you astray. But like for this guy, it 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 was enough self-awareness. And so I would say that also plays into this. Right. So um, you've just got to know, like, Mm -hmm. will that particular subject matter take me down a path that's not going to be God-honoring in my life? And so everybody wants a list. Everybody wants to do (laughs) this, don't do that. (laughs) Everybody wants me to say, Mm -hmm. don't ever watch anything rated this. But I'm just telling you, it's just not that simple. It's just not that simple. And I actually think that could be a really good area of your life where if you will abandon the list... Mm -hmm. And, and go before God, it could be an area of your life that you actually begin to see God show you some guidance in. Right. So, isn't that the point yeah. Yeah. To, yeah. to kind of develop and cultivate the relationship?
0: Yeah. yeah. So I really liked your last point where you talked about developing a greater level of dependency and not necessarily more willpower. Like we think, oh, the answer is just more, more willpower on our part. Uh, this verse from 2 Corinthians makes it clear that God's power is made perfect in our weakness is what Paul tells us. So can we talk about the connection of self-discipline and dependence? Like what is that? look like in our life? So how how do we both have self-discipline, which I think is a good thing, but also increase our dependence on the Lord? Well, you've just got
1: to be honest in any area of your life of how you got here. Okay. So... You know, we're talking about weathering life storms, and so we're talking about a number of different storms, but really the storms are revealing what's at the foundation. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're in a marriage, you don't know, you don't like where you're at in your marriage. If you don't like where you're at with your kids, I mean, what's the list? Health, finances, <laughs> <Right>. career, <laughs> right. yeah. thought life. Yeah. The first step is admitting you're actually the problem. You're the reason why you're here. hmm Nobody else but you <laughs> right. got you here, right. right? You are living your life, but you don't understand what my, I don't talk about your spouse. Okay. I don't talk about your boss. Okay. You, because as long as you, as your thoughts keep going in that direction, I can't do anything to help you. Okay. So the moment you realize I am the reason I got here. Now, were there some things that contributed to it along the way? Absolutely. Okay. But <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> if you will recognize that, here's the very next thought you should have. Well, I probably don't need to rely on my strength to get out of this mess. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. If I'm the one who got me into this mess. <clears throat> yeah. But there is this biblical principle of repentance. Repentance literally means to go the other direction. Okay. Yeah. So I am going to repent. I have been going in this direction in this area of my life and a storm revealed that Mm -hmm. I am now going to repent. I'm going to turn, and I'm going to go in the opposite direction. I do think that that is discipline, and I do think there's a little bit of willpower in that, where you just say enough is enough is enough. I am taking ownership of my life. I'm taking ownership of this area of my life, and I don't care that the last 10 years have looked like this. The next 10 years are going to look like that. Right. Right. And a lot of times when we find ourselves in those places in our lives – we think, I am going to have a completely new life. I'm going to have a completely new marriage, completely new career, completely new health. completely. New. And really what you're describing is a new destination.
2: Hmm.
1: And that's okay. Yeah. I think it's good to let, let your heart dream a little bit, let your mind go there. But can I tell you, that will not get you to that destination. Yeah. It's direction. Direction is what determines destination. So when you repent, you change your direction. Right. And if you change your direction, ultimately you can get to a new destination. Now, <clears throat> how are you going to move forward in a new direction? I'm suggesting through the power of God, not in your own strength. Mm. So your, your area of life that you look at and it's a mess and you need to repent and you need to determine, well, there's a weakness that got you there. Okay, so now to get out of that new direction, you're going to need to rely on God's strength, and that's where he's going to meet you. Jesus says my power is is best seen in that weakness. So new direction in my marriage, new direction in my physical health. I mean, I can remember it was a decade ago where I just realized my physical health is not good. Hmm. And, and I just realized that, and it was like a big conviction. It was a spiritual matter for me, and I paid a personal trainer a whole lot of money to make me do things I didn't want to do, and I hated every second of it, <laughs> and it was awful. Um, but that that repentance in a new direction has led me to a different destination than I would have been if I had stayed on the same track. Right. But it was an area of weakness, and it's still not really an area of strength. But can I tell you, I've seen the power of God help me in that area more than probably even some other areas of my life. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So any area of your life that you're really struggling with, you're going to have to decide at some point to take ownership of it, right. repent. But then now a new course is, is no longer trying to do this yourself. Mm. So I need the power of God in my life, and I also needed Steve, my personal trainer, kicking my butt. (laughs) So like it might be God and Steve. It might be God and your life group. It might be God and, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. But you're not going to do this on your own. Right. And that flies in the face of how all of us are wired and what our world tells us, which is you're enough. Yeah. 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 You don't need anybody else. Just look within. Well, I kept looking within, and I kept eating too much.
0: So like, no, I I, I needed a new... That's right. No, I get it. It is
1: a both and. Right. So I appreciate yeah. you asking the question because there is a repentance, <laughs> but then moving forward, you can't do it in your own effort. Yeah,
0: yeah what is that that uh, Jim Rohn says? That you can't change your destination overnight, but you can change your direction. Yeah. That's exactly what yeah. you're talking mm-hmm. about. And you have to have that day of desperation. That's a phrase that we've used around here before. Uh, and I think when that happens, that does lead to a greater dependence on the Lord. You're desperate for that change. And uh, I like what you said, the both and principle there. I think that's yeah. really good. Well, gentlemen, this has been a fantastic conversation and I really enjoyed this message. I'm enjoying this series. Looking forward to continuing it next Sunday uh, at 9.30 30, 11 here at Vaughn Forest Church, uh, weathering life storms. storm. So obviously we want as many folks to join us here on campus as we can. If for some reason you're traveling, maybe you're sick, uh, you can always join us online at vaughnforest.com. Matt will have good worship as always and uh, another great message uh, in the series. And uh, so, yeah, so I think that's a good place for us to kind of wrap this up today. So we appreciate you joining us for the Other 6 Podcast. On behalf of Adam Bishop, Matt Collins, Sound Guy Jonathan, and myself, we will see you next time.